0: Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
1: Indoors or out, summer, fall, winter, and spring, whatever you garden, wherever you garden, this is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's. Grow the world you want with help from Scott's.
2: Hi there. Hi there. What's growing on? Oh, I knew you were going to say
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, that. I
2: know. I tested that little line out with Charlie. Uh, Frank Proctor here, by the way, the sous chef of the garden. Mm-hmm. Charlie the Dobbin, of course. The undergardener. And Charlie Dobbin, of course, the master gardener. Yes. And I'm testing lines on her, you know, a neat little intro. What's growing on? And she's oh, like, that's not been used before. I'm
3: groaning. <laughs> yeah, big I'm time. groaning.
2: Oh, hey, um, I brought a little flower in for you.
3: Yes.
2: Had a, a half an hour walk this morning. Got up at 6 o'clock, just walked. I stayed with her at morning. a buddy's place. Quite near uh, Castleoma. Mm-hmm. lovely, lovely part of Toronto, and lovely just gardens. gardens. Oh, but there's this, there's one uh, house where where they had this uh, kind of a, a retaining wall, uh, and then over cascading over this wall. Thousands of these wonderful flowers, one one which I brought you,
3: which you didn't uh, weren't able to identify. No, them.
2: and I still can't. You told me I've forgotten already. <laughs>
3: okay. <laughs> the proper name is clematis ah. or clematis. Yes, it's more properly pronounced clematis. Just remember clemato oh, juice. Oh, think of you uh, know. I'll
2: be calling that the mott plant. That's right. Mots
3: clemato juice. Yeah, <laughs> So there you go. Um, but what I was pointing yeah. out to you, it's beautiful flower. Oh. It looks almost like a jack manny because it's that purple, deep with, royal yeah. purple. Yeah, and rich. Good morning to the queen. And Uh, that's right. mm -hmm. So this is a totally royal kind of a flower. It's a royal color. But notice how a lot of the edges are missing off two of the petals. Yeah. And I said to you, see, there's a good example of earwig damage. That's what earwigs do. Those little devils. They chew... Uh, yeah. Almost like little pinking shears. They chew yeah. the edges of petals, uh, and that's what they do at night. So you'll never see them during the day. You just get up and you look and go, boy, those flowers are looking a little odd <laughs> A little today. ragged? Yeah. yeah. So, so
2: again, okay, uh, to, to ward that off? Yes. Yeah. Oh,
3: to ward off yeah, earwaves. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I hate those things.
3: Well, you know, I was on Dale Goldhawk's show uh, yeah, earlier this week, yeah. and somebody asked this, you know, wanted to know, what yeah. about earwigs? And, you know, yeah, how do you stop them? And what, what's eating my, in that case, it was little seedlings in the, in the vegetable garden. The trick with earwigs is recognize they do their chewing at night, and uh-huh. they hide out during the day. One those of the best ways makers. to yeah. lower the population of earwigs is provide them with, uh, with a trap. Uh-huh. And to their mind, it's a hotel. So you put out little things that they can hide in during the day, Pieces of hose, right? Oh, that's right. Empty bamboo poles. Um, The woman on the radio was talking about an upside-down grapefruit, right? Mm -hmm. It's that idea of uh, something for them to get into where it's nice and dark, and they're nice and happy. But, of course, you come in during daylight.
2: Plunk in a pail of water.
3: That's right. And whatever you've got, like the hose, for example, you just tilt it up, and all the earwigs come sliding out into a pail of water, but not just straight water. You've got to put a little, like, a tablespoon of oil so they can't get out.
2: And, well, uh, there you are. Here I am asking you questions. There are callers on the line well, waiting for us. I've got to give the phone about. numbers and yeah, oh, the motto, our motto, call early, call often, one question per call. The voice that will greet you is Andre, our producer this morning. I like He's looking pretty that. spiffy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, Joan in Port Perry has been hanging on the line uh, since way before the news. So we'll get to Joan in a little bit. Don't don't give up, Joan. We're, we're coming at you. But you have a few things to cover off, Charlie. Uh, a couple of quick announcements. All right. We
3: have had a number of garden tours announced, and there are Mm-hmm. A couple of more just to mention, uh, tour-wise, July the 10th, the Belleville Garden tour is being held. Nice, nice Victorian tea is part of this at the St. Thomas Anglican Church. F- the cost is twenty dollars. For more information, contact CFUW. Belleville and District at kojiko.ca. Mm-hmm. The Nobleton King City Hort Society is holding their annual garden tour on Sunday, July 11th. So, of course, that's next week. Uh, 10 to 4. Tickets are $10. Tickets are now available at multi-places. It's a great opportunity to visit a good variety of gardens right in beautiful King Township. Close to Toronto, but out in the country. Uh, more information, the website is so altflora.com. Mm-hmm. The Oro Medonti Hort Society is having their annual summer garden tour, and of course where 's Oro Madonti that is up near Lake Simcoe mm-hmm. right? um, This one is a ten dollars per adult children under twelve are free. Some neat features going on. Different gardens are featuring musicians, there's garden artisans, uh, there will be master gardeners on site, and there's gardens with hun- homemade goodies and drinks. So, oh, oh. yeah, lots <laughs> of see, reason to get out there. Frank Geersberg, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> lots of reason to get out there and get to every garden just to see what all the treats are in the different gardens. So, that one, they're selling tickets again, a whole bunch of places Botanics, Ego's Nurseries, Garrett's farm market and greenhouses, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So that's a cool one. And one more thing, the annual Haronia Rose Society Rose Show, Monday, July the 5th, coming up from 7 to 9 p.m. This is at the South Shore Community Centre on Lakeshore Road in Barrie. Uh, this is a what if you like roses there will be lots of roses on display. Bring a rose so you can be part of the part of the the gang there. Mm-hmm. Display your roses. Again, refreshments, entertainment, there's going to be an award-winning violinist on site. Oh. For information, Dale is in charge at 905-487 0829.
2: So, if you want to fiddle around, there's a good place to go. Take your roses. Yes. Okay, <laughs> the phone number's 416-360-0740. That's for Toronto area listeners. And anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. We've got jammed lines, and we'll be along to talk to Joan from Port Perry in just a moment.
1: This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Daubin, sponsored by Scotts, makers of Turf Builder, for a stronger lawn.
2: Well, uh, let's get you out into the garden and get your knees dirty. Uh, first of all, let's uh, find out what's on Joan's mind in Port Perry. Hello, Joan. Good morning.
4: Hi, good morning. 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 Lovely sunny day. Oh, Gorgeous. Beautiful. Lovely. Uh, my subject is peonies. Mm-hmm. I have a large uh, bed of peonies, and they're out of control, and I want to divide them. And I want to know when and how.
3: The time to dig and divide your peonies is late summer, early fall. OK. All right. Now what you'll do and, and it, if they've been there for many, many years and not been touched or disturbed, mm-hmm. it will be quite a big root that will come up. Right. And they're quite shallow, though, so it's not that hard to get them up out of the ground. You know, get this big chunk. It'll look like a mm-hmm. monster potato, really. Right. Uh, and once it's up and out of the ground, then it's a matter of looking and you will see little eyes just almost like on a potato. Mm-hmm. And it's at that point with a sharp knife, you can sever that large root into many smaller roots rebury obviously remembering that you're going to plant them quite shallow because peony roots go right on the surface just below the surface in order to maintain the flowering you may have more there than you could ever possibly want to replant so good opportunity to make friends with the port perry hort society or uh neighbors or anybody who might wish for a chunk of your lovely peonies for their garden Uh uh-huh but the fall is the time to do it, and I would use some bone meal or transplant or fertilizer when replanting. What
4: about cutting them down? Can I cut them down now because they're very tall and seed pods and all sorts of Oh, definitely.
3: Of you can always take off the seed pods. Take off the flowers once they're finished. Right. We call that deadheading, and right. we do that with all our perennials. Uh-huh. So definitely. And, and take the the stems that have the big heavy seed pods on them, back to where it makes sense. So it might be, you know, a couple of leaves back. Uh Then just leave the little bushes alone, let them grow all summer. But when you get to that point where you want to do that lifting and dividing, don't hesitate to cut them right down at that point. They're a lot easier to work with if you cut them down. Well, they sure are big right now. <laughs> well, that's great. All this rain has yeah, been very good, good for the so They've been beautiful. Good. They Thank you, Joan. Beautiful. Nice. Have good a wonderful hear.
2: day out there in the beautiful port. That is It lovely, is.
4: Beautiful.
2: lovely, lovely uh, area. Oh, it yeah. sure
3: is. I lived in Caesarea for a while. Right in, no yeah. kidding. Across yeah.
4: the road from me, across the lake from me. Exactly. i well. wave.
3: Island. <laughs> oh, I was in a lovely place, right? Right on the lake. It yeah, was just right gorgeous. on the island. Yeah, good, uh-huh. for terrific. Uh-huh. Thank you,
2: uh, Enjoy Jonah. Your we'll, uh, day. we'll look forward to your call next time around. And okay. in the meantime, we've got to scoot and get on to uh, uh, let's see, uh, West Lorne caller. Sharon is with us. Hi, good morning, Sharon. Hello, we Sharon. Lost
3: Sharon. Hello? Oh,
2: did we lose Sharon? I don't know how that happened. She's oh. gone. Uh, call in again, Sharon. Yes, okay. Please, Sharon. Phone numbers, 416 360 and uh, anywhere else in the province, toll free, 1-866-744-740. Okay. Dorothy in Toronto, good morning.
3: Good
4: morning. Good morning. Uh, I have trouble with my tomato plants. Uh, there's so many leaves right down by the earth. Mm-hmm. That uh, when I water it, the, the water just shoots off. And mm-hmm. I was wondering, could I cut those
3: leaves off? You can. Um, depends. What I find with tomatoes, <clears throat> do you know what kind, what varieties you've planted? Uh, well, one says,
4: uh, her, uh, oh. It's a medium sized tomato, mm-hmm.
3: and is it what we would call indeterminate in the sense that it it's going to get tall or is it a short bush type oh, tomato oh
4: it's uh, tall, and I've got it in cages perfect and uh it's really grown with all the rain that we've had <laughs> exactly. but these leaves um the little tomatoes that I've got on the plant are up high where they get the
3: sun. That's right. Well, what I find with a lot of the indeterminate or the t- the, the tomatoes that get very tall is that at each of the axles, all right, so you've got a main stem, then yeah. you've got leaves that come off the main stem, and where those come together is called a leaf axle. At that point, another stem will often grow, and I always remove those. And, and uh, that way I eliminate all that extra green at the bottom, which you were talking about. So don't hesitate to take off any green stems as long as you don't see flowers or tomatoes on them. Take them down so that yeah, exactly you open up that bottom a little bit, get some air in there, get some sun in there. Uh, the plant will be healthier as a result. You have a little more air and uh, sun circulation. You're less likely to have fungal diseases or bacterial problems happen down low on the plant.
4: Yeah. So, well, why did you t- uh, why did you say to take off
3: the the little vines that grow? Th- just the ones that grow in the leaf axles, because I don't like my tomatoes to turn into these seven foot wide bushes. I prefer to keep them narrower and taller.
4: Well, that's the only reason, because that's where I get some little tomatoes.
3: Mm-hmm. Where Yes, you will eventually. If you let all those little sprouts grow from the axles that I was referring to, they, those little sprouts will eventually flower and tomatoes will form. The trick, though, is they can be very hard to stake or hold within a cage once all those stems start to grow and it becomes a big monster bush. I just <laughs> yeah. find sometimes they're hard to, to control and yeah. get you into. You wind up
2: growing tomatoes for the entire neighborhood.
3: Well, that's right, and they end up falling on the ground, yeah. and you're growing tomatoes right. for the slugs. Oh, well, like, well, I have 14
4: tomato plants.
5: Wow.
2: Holy There's mackerel, when well, business. the
4: reason is the cutworms come in the spring. Uh, when ooh. you plant them, the next thing you go out and they're gone. All
3: right. Did you have any issues with cutworms this year?
4: Not this year, but one isn't growing very well. And uh, I gave it more tomato fertilizer, and it's growing
3: now. Good. Sounds great. Well, good luck with that, Dorothy. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you. You are
2: listening to AM740 Zuma Radio in Toronto and, uh, of course, uh, Zuma Radio... It, we, we broadcast... Even on cable, Rogers Cable, yes. Channel 949.
3: Which is, I checked this out. Yeah. Um, remember I said to you, mm-hmm. I'm not on Toronto Rogers, yeah. I'm on York Region Rogers. Right. I, it's the same for me. I checked oh, it out. Yeah, yeah. Just great. flip to that little, what is it, 949? 949.
2: 949. Uh, nine, 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 channel 949.
3: And there's the radio on my TV. Yeah. It's uh, just neat. a blue screen. Yeah. Yeah, it is So, neat.
2: but, well, you know, a lot of people have trouble bringing in an AM signal into the house apartment or whatever That's because what, of, you know, buildings or whatever. Yeah. No problem with that. Crystal clear. Absolutely. The Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. We're going to take a little bit of a break here, and uh, Charlie's going to tell us all about what's going to make you feel real good and less stiff.
3: <laughs> Listen, who's talking?
2: <laughs> well, I'm <what? laughs>
3: thinking I might need to actually start taking Sil. Really? You, yeah, you've heard me talk yeah. about this wonderful. It's a supplement that mm-hmm. I have great anecdotal stories from my mom, my husband, yourself. You've all felt better and yeah. more, you know, more frisky, as my mom says, <laughs> taking Sil on a daily basis. It's a mineral. The tablet form from the Sierra Mountains that loosens up stiff joints. Well, I'll tell you, I, I spent a number of hours in my brother's garden two days ago. Yeah. My knees have been really bugging me ever well, since then. i so take I'm your
2: thinking, own advice. I
3: think I might have to take my own <laughs> advice, and then I'll be able to really speak from experience. And
2: how would you get a hold of these folks?
3: Sierrasil.ca hmm. or one eight seven seven joint 14 And
2: hello to Michael Bentley out there in Vancouver, where... The, the uh, head office. yes indeed uh, 921 we'll be back in just a moment here in the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show
1: Southern Ontario Western New York wherever you're tuning in this is your place for everything garden the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin sponsored by Scott's makers of Turf Builder
6: Easy Seed
2: 924 on a beautiful Saturday morning here at AM 740 it's the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show and we got Sharon back oh, from excellent. West Lauren. hello Sharon
6: Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Frank. I don't know what happened there, but I got cut off. No,
3: no, so. I do
6: Anyway, problem. um, I listened to your your uh, Dale um, Gold Gold talk Hawk? yesterday, mm-hmm. and when Charlie was on, and I just have a comment um, mm-hmm. plus a question. Um, eggshells. You talked once about crushed up eggshells,
4: mm-hmm.
6: and that to put around your hostas and different things, and that for earwigs and um slugs. Um, slugs. Slugs. Yeah. And that, and um, they, it works. -hmm. Yes, it works. Um, Another thing, um, uh, hollyhocks, lupins, daylilies and poppies, and moonflowers, um, the seeds that I collect, Mm -hmm. would you uh, suggest that I put them in the freezer till next year to stimulate the freezing outside?
3: You shouldn't have to. Oh, okay. You're absolutely right. We do sometimes put seeds into the freezer just to... um, Force them into
2: dormancy. Well, no, it's actually
3: it starts to break down the seed coat. And that's particularly true with many of the deciduous seeds of trees Uh or pine cones, you know, many of the evergreen um, seed cones as well. Uh I mean, we've talked about that, you know. Fires sometimes are required to mm. get those seeds to germinate. So certain conditions are required. But the ones you mentioned, generally speaking, no. I would collect them. I would make sure they're ripe and you know mature and ripe yes. when you collect them. Make sure they're dried right down. Yes. Seal them up into an airtight um, container that is opaque. Uh, so it could be you know a, a an old film canister, or just something that doesn't allow light into a like no I've clear got, glass I've jars. I got med-
6: medicine. Um... Yeah containers dark medicine.
3: Containers. Perfect, as long as they're dark, yeah. Or uh, sometimes people just use an envelope and then they, you know, wrap up the envelope, stick mm. it in a jar, whatever works, and make sure you label, that's half the <laughs> battle <laughs> with seed collecting, yeah. and then save them for, you could actually, depending, you could sow the seeds next spring or sow them this fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that option as well. You don't need to hold them over the winter unless you're perhaps uh, getting involved in a seed exchange or mm-hmm. wanting to uh, share them with some friends next spring. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Cheryl. Have a good weekend. Thank Thank you. you. You too. And boy, I know.
2: We've got a beauty, haven't we? Don't this we? we oh, well, Sharon gorgeous. brought up a
3: good point, though, that yeah. eggshell point. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things, when I was on Dale's show, we were talking about you know earwigs and um, diatomaceous earth as a, a product you can buy off the shelf right. that will do that lacerating of the, the bellies of crawling insects. And, of course, eggshells are quite effective as well.
2: I love the glint you get in your eye when you talk about the, sh- yeah. the slugs getting their underbellies Del- slashed. Dale <laughs> couldn't
3: believe how how violent I was oh, making yeah, the gardening yeah. well, see.
2: I'm not alone. I'm not alone.
3: I know. I was surprised. Both you guys. You think gardening is just kind of you're an insect gentle. terrorist,
2: is what you no, are. You think yes, it's you're... some
3: little gentle thing. We all put on our little white gloves and we tiptoe around in the garden, <laughs> sniffing oh, roses you know. or something. No, this is down and dirty. This is warfare. Yeah, okay, sometimes. all right. Get with it.
2: Okay, uh, <laughs> let's get off to Brighton and say hi to Vicky. Hey, Vicky, how are you?
3: Good morning. I'm glad to get
7: through. I have a, an unusual question. I think we're interested in growing some yams and we can't seem to find any information on them. They look a little they don't look like ordinary potatoes. They don't get eyes on them. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you had any idea how you get them started.
3: So what you're calling yams, uh, another sweet name potato. sweet potato. Mm-hmm. Sweet potatoes have eyes on them, but it's a good question because I well, I'm trying to think I have grown sweet potatoes, but I've grown them as a foliage plant, not like as a, one of those funny things where you can slice and lay it on the surface of the pot and it will grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, believe Mm. it or not. Um, Because there's a top and a bottom on sweet potatoes. You know what? Let me... uh, I'm going to get back to you on that because I I don't want to just make this up off the top of my head. I have to double-check what I've done in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know what? You can have fun with some things. You can grow pineapple tops. You can grow carrot tops. Yeah. Um, Just, you know, when you get them back from the grocery store, you just have to lay them... Slice the top off. Slice put it onto a moist seed bed or soy, you know, medium, and it will start to grow. Now, sweet potatoes aren't that hard. Have you ever grown... um, Oh gosh, my brain's gonna go on hold. Um, well, sweet potato vine, no. Vicky, as as an ornamental plant. Well, there's oh, I'm haven't. sure many listeners out there who are familiar with sweet potato vine. We often use it in our containers as um, as a beautiful vining, trailing, very quick growing yeah. plant. Comes with uh, the lime green leaves or dark purple leaves, and then there's some with even multicolored leaves. Ultimately, you do get sweet potato tubers in your big containers at the end of the season that you know aren't, aren't particularly tasty, but they're super starchy, and they're there if you really want it. wanna it.
7: kind of difficult to get information. we have asked at the nurseries and at farm supplies. Nobody seems
8: to know. Mm. Oh,
3: okay, You know what? We'll leave it with me. Well, I'll, I'll give you lots of information on that. Keep listening. I'll try to get to you within the next half hour. If not, we'll talk about it next week.
8: Okie doke. Thanks, Thanks for much. your call.
3: But
2: thank you, Vicki. Uh, it is 9.29 here on a beautiful Saturday morning from AM 740 Zoomer Radio, and it's off to Port Colburn. Jim is on the line. Hi, Jim.
5: Hello. Yeah, hello. Good morning, uh, old Charlie and a funny Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're absolutely uh, this, right about yeah, that. I haven't talked to you guys for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got some good news. Oh, one question I got to ask you: When should I water my tomato plants?
3: Early in the morning.
5: Early in the morning, but you know, soak them by uh, every two days.
3: Depends how sunny it is, how well yeah. drained your soil is. You know, it depends a couple of things like that. But definitely, don't let yeah. the sun set with water on the leaves of the tomato.
5: Do all yeah, your yeah, watering early. I get sunspots?
3: No, you won't. Don't worry anyway, about I, sunspots.
5: Uh, I want to drive. you not sure. <laughs> I finally got rid of those snails. I'm <laughs> are <laughs> not drinking my beer this year. I don't blame so I you for that. Put a tray out there, and hell, uh, so I poured it back in a jug. Anyway, what I went on about was Scott's sense Slug Begun. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is deadly around that in a half an hour. Well,
2: well isn't that super?
3: And yep. Isn't well, that what I told you? Sure.
2: Hey, Jimmy, uh, Port Colburn, uh, you've, talk, you've talked to me about the uh, canal days down there. Yeah, it's When's that coming up?
5: Well, they got uh, uh, flavors up in Niagara. you got to check that out tomorrow. You okay. Okay.
2: I will. Uh, we've got it. Uh,
5: the park is packed. It's uh, all the wines, all the foods, all the best chefs, the best of everything.
2: Well, all righty. Nice. We'll, we'll get on to that, Jim. And, uh,
5: August 4th, I should say, Canal Days is coming. I'm going to be sending you uh, some information sure. on that.
2: I'll look forward to it, Jim. And, and, and uh, thanks, thanks very much for keeping in touch, okay? We've got a scoot along here at 930. And uh, let's see. It's Winston from Newmarket. Good morning, Winston.
5: How you doing there, Charlie? Great show, buddy. Thank you. Oh, thank Good morning. You little question. Hi, good morning, ma'am. A little question for the lady there. I uh, yeah, I have a great little garden there. Tomato plants are just booming, but I always have the worst luck with the green peppers. They mm. they don't grow very fast, and then when they do, they're only up like about a foot now. Mm-hmm. And the little green peppers they start to grow at the bottom there, and they want to get really really small, and then they start to wither up, go Ooh. black, and it's all over. That's not mm. good. The problem. Okay. That's not good. And I fertilize it with good fertilizer.
3: Okay. Now, a couple of things. One is, when did you plant your green peppers? What did? Actually,
5: I jumped the gun and put them in the second week of May.
3: That's your problem. You <laughs> never really? want to jump the gun with peppers. Peppers need to be planted into a warm soil, and to the point where you might want to actually almost get a thermometer and stick it right in the soil. You never want to plant peppers into soil that is less than 68 degrees Fahrenheit. I see. 65, 66, 67. And if you put them into too cool of a soil, exactly what you're experiencing happens. They stop flowering, or they'll not flower at all. You'll just get green, bushy plants. Or when they do flower, you'll get these withered little fruits.
5: Exactly. It's the I did that last year. It's only one year I really had good luck with them, but so that's what I'm doing wrong. I'm yeah. I'm going out of too early, right? That's right. So but I put the tomato plants in about the, the same time, and they're they're booming.
3: Yeah. Well, the thing is, tomatoes we can we can go a day or two earlier than the peppers, but even tomatoes you should hold off as long as you can. Sometimes you know people think it's better to be early with getting some of the stuff into the garden, and yeah. for sure when it comes to broccoli or cauliflower, or peas or beans. Definitely, right. you can get those right out in April, you know, sometimes even almost in March, depending on the spring we're having. But, right. but when it comes to the, the peppers, the tomatoes, the eggplants, the corn, you have to wait a little longer till the soil warms up.
4: Okay,
5: sweetie,
2: right. thanks for the advice. I appreciate it. Charlie, <laughs> well. keep up the good work, buddy. Uh, thank you. Okay, Winston in Newmarket. By the way, the show is the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Charlie is a gal. A- and, and Frank
3: <laughs> is the undergarden. I am the undergarden. Remember the sous chef of the garden. The sous chef, yes. yes.
2: Uh, let me see. Oh, I always trying to walk, walk away from the show having learned something, and I've just written it down, hmm. never jump the gun with peppers. So I shall I shall keep that in my mind. I thought now. it was
3: the withered fruits that grabbed you. <laughs> well, that kind of got
2: to me, too.
6: Uh,
2: <laughs> oh, you dog, you. Uh, Val in good- Guildwood, good morning.
6: <laughs> good morning, Charlie. Thank you for a great program. Thank you. Uh, I'm in the woods here, literally and figuratively, mm. and uh, hosta are very successful in the shade. Mm-hmm. Now, two years ago, I bought the Hosta of the Year, which was called Sum and Substance, and mm-hmm. it's very beautiful. Did we have one
3: this year? Oh, there's a new Hosta every year that's chosen. I know, but I don't know what it the is. Hosta of the year. is. Hmm. I'm just going to do a complete blank. Can
2: we look it up? I'm app- going
3: to look that up. I'll let you know.
6: Okay, and my, one of my cats eats the begonia, and it hasn't hurt her yet. Is that normal?
3: Huh. If your cat's <laughs> like my cat, he eats everything green. He's just, I don't know, I, I offer him lettuce, he won't touch it. He goes out to the garden and chews on everything in the garden. So. Well,
6: we've got, this one cat just yeah. chews on the begonia all the time, oh. and it hasn't hurt her yet. No,
3: so. <laughs> begonia leaves, I guess, so not you'll flowers. let me know about
6: the name of the I know, will. This
3: year's hosta. Yeah, Thank you very keep much, Keep listening Charlie. for that. Thank,
2: Thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks Val. It's right. got to be a beautiful morning out there in Guildwood, 9.30 for the time. The phone number is once again for the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show here at AM 740 one. Six three six zero zero seven forty. That's for Toronto listeners. Anywhere else in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. And let's see, we've got Gertie from Orangeville on the line. Hi, good morning.
3: Hi, how are you guys today? Good, great. How are right. you? I'm sorry. How are you?
6: I'm doing fantastic. Have to work on this beautiful day, but that's fine. I had a, a lovely two days in the garden. One of the questions that I have, actually the only question I have, is there in regards to fungus. After all this nasty rain we've had, mm-hmm. how the heck do I get rid of it?
3: Where are you seeing fungus?
6: Oh my gosh, all in between the plants, and it's more in the shady areas uh, between my plants.
3: Right, so That's you're talking. Sorry to interrupt. You're talking on ground level, um, moss, I think, green moss on the ground. You no. Know,
6: no, it's, no? Actually, it's actually a fungi uh, mushroom type of thing
3: uh-huh. that's
6: growing on top of more of the
3: mulch. Oh, okay. It's not
6: hitting the plant.
3: Right. Is your and, mulch cocoa bean mulch by any chance? Uh, no,
6: it's not a cocoa bean.
3: It's a, it's a regular bark mulch? Yes, it is. But it's getting a kind of a white fuzzy look to it or a, uh, you're actually seeing like mushroom type growth on it.
6: No, it's not white, Charlie. It's actually uh, an orangey, coppery tel- color. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that a fungus
3: or Yes, no? it is. Um, it's a rust fungus, actually, uh, and it's growing on the mulch, basically. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's the rain. Don't worry. It, you know what? You've got to realize that, of course, bark mulch is a 100% organic item, and it very naturally and normally will begin to decompose. But from the bottom with the bacteria and the moisture and the activity from the bottom, sometimes we'll have so much moisture on the surface, on the top, because of all the rain and, you know, low winds that we've had, that you'll start to see fungus growing on the top. It's If it's like the unsightliness is bothering you, uh, just with a pair of gloves and a small rake, go in and rake it around a bit and just sort of mix it around. it'll almost get flipped over in the process. As the sun starts beating in, all that fungus will dry up on that top surface, which is not to say it won't still be happening below ground, but it'll look nicer on the top. And you know that you need to replace your mulch anyway every year. We need to be constantly adding about an inch of mulch because it just disappears. It just decomposes.
6: Yeah. yeah.
4: Okay.
3: So
6: as long as it's not going to harm my beautiful plants, it can stay worth that. It shouldn't. (laughs) It's
3: pretty specific fungus to the bark. Uh,
2: Gertie, uh, uh, may I just add one little comment? You are the first Gertie to ever be on the show.
3: Oh,
8: is that right? Yeah, We are one of a
6: kind. There's very few of us. It was a difficult name as a child, but it's being a wonderful name and a student adult. Well, it's Green Thumb Gert has really set his foot
4: in with
2: me. It's, it's cute. Thank you for calling. We appreciate it. <laughs> Thank
6: you. Wonderful show, guys.
2: Okay. bye now. Take care now. 9.38 here on The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin from AM 740. And while you're uh, you're screaming around on the old computer there, and um. all, oh, no, we've got we've got, got online. And, okay. Karen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm messing you yeah, up. You,
2: you are. I'm looking at the screen. And, oh, there are no names there anymore. Karen in Cayuga. Pinecone?
7: It's almost a no-name, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs)
3: Where's
7: that? Dragway Park, Cayugas. There you go. Yeah, good for you. Um, Yes, we were recently um, to Kananaskis, Alberta. Um, My husband had a business trip there. It rained the entire time. Mm -hmm. Um, On the last day, uh, another girl and I went out to to, um, Lake Louise. Mm -hmm. And I had this brainstorm of filling a little paper bag full of um, what looked like fairly fairly cured, but not rotten, um, evergreen cones, pine cones. Yeah. Um, because I thought maybe I could start some little trees.
3: That's, you, know, you can, for sure. Okay. You can. Now, the trick, and this goes back to a caller we had earlier this hour, somebody who had saved seeds from uh, herbaceous perennials, and what you've done is now saved some cones yeah. that have dropped to the ground now the The trick is to make sure that the seeds have not ever been ejected from the cones, right? right? I so was that's careful. Yeah. So you, number one, you got to make sure there are little seeds on yep. the little blades of the cone. the The next thing is to ripen the cones. So okay. the ripening process uh, can happen in a couple of ways. One is you can right now break those cones into break the little flanges off and scatter them around where you hope they'll grow, and then just hope they'll grow. Or you can be a little more specific about planting them into seed beds and, you know, getting them to germinate. It can be a very long, slow process, depending on what kind of pine they are. But you do know that you will need to keep them, uh, give them the conditions that, Alberta would have given them if they 'd okay. been outside so of it's, rain. <laughs> well <laughs> normally it 's not rainy. this has been a very wet year out in yeah. the west coast yeah. <clears throat> but it's um, it 's generally it 's a hot, dry summer, and then it 's a very long, cold winter, so okay. you know it 's deep freeze kind of situation, and certainly taking those cones, putting them in af- as they 've ripened and they 've you know dried. Uh, it becomes one of those putting them into plastic bags i've done this where you break all the little the cones all up into little pieces, a mm-hmm. little bit of uh damp peat moss, just soil, not a lot. Slam those little little pine cone seeds <laughs> in. And ziplock bag, date it, stick it in the back of the freezer, and forget about them for four months. Oh, yeah. okay. Then they'll come out of the freezer, and then you'll proceed to plant them to start them as you would start any regular seedling. What a neat so I, project. I keep
7: them till next spring and, and bring right. them
3: out of the fridge. That's right. And then you'll go into proper seed trays with seeding yeah. mix, and you'll mist and and hover and, you know, look for all the right things to make them well, grow. Well,
7: I'm a new grandparent, and I thought, what a cool little idea yeah. to have brought oh, back maybe great. something that I could start a little tree for this guy.
3: Be great.
7: Um, it's funny because people said or were telling me, well, what happens when there's natural forest fires? Mm-hmm. The, the pine cones um, pop, mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. um, open up, land mm-hmm. on the ground, and that's how the new forest begins. I thought, well, do I have to bake these? <laughs> well, it depends. See, that that's,
3: is yeah. part of the trick is what kind of pine cones are they?
7: Yeah. I, Jack pines
3: I, are famous for needing, but they, they do germinate much more quickly in uh, heat, high heat.
7: Okay. Because well, it's got to so do much. with a
3: seed coat, right? I'm it's a, very, it's a, se- a coat, coating on the seed oh, that yeah. doesn't allow the, pl- the seed to germinate. And right. what the fire does is it breaks that seed coat down very quickly. If there is no fire, the seed coat will break down, but it can take years and years, just sitting out in the sun and the rain and the snow. Yeah. Uh, so they will still grow, but they, <clears throat> they grow much more rapidly right okay. after a forest fire. Well,
7: isn't
3: that cool? Thank you so much. Okay. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, you too. Thank you, Karen. What a neat
2: project to bring Mm -hmm. trees home from the West.
3: The trick, if Karen can do it, is to figure out what exact plant mm. those are from those cones okay are they from a pine tree and if so what kind of pine
2: right Oh, righty the real tree. okay all sorts of interesting uh, subjects for discussion here on the charlie dobbin garden show we'll get back to the calls in just a moment i want to remind you of the phone numbers here at am 740 zoomer radio 416 for toronto listeners and anywhere else in the province toll free
0: 1-866-740-4740 back after these words you're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
1: Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Sponsored by Scott's, the makers of miracle Grow.
2: And the first voice you hear when you call in is Andre, Mm -hmm. our producer. And uh, I'm I'm the sous chef of the gardener or undergardener, Frank Proctor. Nice to have you with us. Charlie Dobbin. Thank you you, Frank. To make I a just wanted to a report
3: back to yeah. Val who called from Guildwood. Mm-hmm. She said she's doing a lot of gardening in the forest yep. and growing a lot of hostas and loving them and wondered about the hosta of the year. And absolutely, yes, there is a hosta every year identified by the uh, American Hosta Society. For 2010, the hosta is called First Frost. First frost. And it's a sport of halcyon. If any of you out there have... Halcyon is a lovely blue-leaved hosta. Uh, I love the blue leaves for the fact that the slugs don't touch them. You really don't have to worry about putting bait out You're on something there's something about those blue leaves they're just they're thicker, they're tougher, many of them are uh, corrugated. Uh, the slugs don't go near them. it's the thinner leaves, the ones that are very mm. delicate that are often chewed on more than anything uh, but the, the so first frost, even though it is a dual colored cream and blue, very nice looking plant, is unlikely to be edible. I haven't grown it, mm-hmm. but with all that sort of genetics of, of halcyon in it, i'm sure it's probably a nice. Bug free or slug and cat, you know, caterpillar free, which is great. It means just that much less to worry about when you got lots of hostas and it's raining. It's a lot of slug bait put to put out over and over and over.
2: Right now, you've got some emails that have come in to uh, C Dobbin. That's C as in Charlie, uh, D O B B I N at am740.ca. So you want to just quickly get to those.
3: I love the way you say quickly. There's no such thing as quickly in the garden. Okay. All oh, right. You know, part of gardening is a process. And there's no, you, it's like you had 14 cups of coffee this morning already. You're like, just moving so fast. Take it down. Just okay. relax. All
2: right. Okay. All right.
3: Uh, there is a, an email from Mia. And Mia is up in the Berry area. She's a member of the Berry Garden Club. Uh, and she's wondering, and this is a really good question, she needs to move her vegetable garden. Where her vegetable garden has been placed is getting too shady. The trees are getting bigger. She's getting insufficient light. It's time to move the garden. The question is how to do it. And great time to ask because obviously she's not going to move it now. It's for next year that she needs a new location. Right now it's all sod. So what do you do? I'll tell you what I would do, because I never, ever want to eliminate sod or any good topsoil off my property. I put a lot of work into making that topsoil. It's not going anywhere. So what I would do, if, I can, if you can, Mia, one is um, right now, and you even mentioned it in your, in your little email, should you just uh, doing the layers of newspaper and top the whole thing with triple mix? Absolutely. That's a great way to start. So it's just the black and white sections of the newspaper uh, right down on the surface of the soil and the the grass that's there now. Triple mix on top of that, rocks if necessary around the edges. You don't want any light to get under there because you're going to just suffocate the turf below. And the newspaper is going to slowly but surely decompose and the triple mix is going to make it all happen. Sometimes what I will do, and it depends on how much help I have in the garden too, is cut the sod or the turf, and then flip it upside down. Uh, and I'll do that not so much now, but more in August or September. So depending on you know, where your help is and what your timing is, uh, and just by flipping it upside down, that will often kill the grass, mm-hmm. and it just starts that process of decomposition so that I'm all ready to go next spring. I'll throw leaves in the fall on top of that mess of sod, and in your case, perhaps, yeah, newspapers, triple mix, make a big pile, let it all decompose over the fall, the winter, and early spring, Nice big mix in the spring and you're ready to plant.
2: Well, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can Sage put gardens
3: anywhere and it does as long as you're not in a rush, right? If you okay. want to put a garden in tomorrow, you're going to have to dig it all out and eliminate it.
2: You know what you remind me of the UFC ultimate fighting championship, you know, uh-huh. the MMA, because, you know, you're <laughs> using terms, you're very violent this morning, slam them into the ground, and all that sort of, body slam, you know. So here is our UFC. Yeah.
3: What was I slamming? Yeah,
2: slamming some seeds into the ground oh, is what you are doing. Yeah, I know. You're, you're quite graphic this morning. It's <laughs> It's <laughs> 9 been one 48. of those days already. <laughs> <laughs> 948 here at AM 740. We better get off to uh, Stouffville and say hi to Hazel. Good morning, Hazel.
9: Hello. Good morning. Uh, hello. Hello. Um, in answer to the lady who was inquiring on sweet potatoes. Yes. To grow sweet potatoes. Yes. Um, I don't know whether this is a scientific way or not, but the <laughs> way my husband has done it mm-hmm. um, in previous years, take a sweet potato and put it in a glass of water. And uh, this was oh late March, I, I would think, when he had done this. And eventually, mm-hmm. little shoots will come out. In different spots on the potato, Mm -hmm. and then take those off when they get to be uh, maybe two inches high. Mm -hmm. Put them in water as well, and they will root.
3: Wow. How about that?
9: And this is what he has planted in the garden.
3: And sweet potatoes have obviously grown. Sweet potatoes will grow. Okay, so here's a quick question. the back in March when he was putting that one sweet potato in water, he was suspending that in water with the sort of toothpicks around the side and that sort of half immersed in water.
9: No, this mm-hmm. was right down on the glass.
3: Yeah, so he just dropped the whole potato into a jar a glass of water a jar of water
9: Yes interesting. No.
3: but he would freshen the water, add water every couple of days. and
9: then it would add water as
3: is little sprouts grew out of the potato out of the water mm-hmm. And the potato
9: itself will also grow roots, Mm -hmm. and he has planted it when all the other little uh, shoots have um, stopped appearing.
3: Wow, that's great. You have
2: just amazed the Master Gardener, That's Hazel. great,
3: I love it. <laughs> Thank I, you. I certainly hope. It was Vicki from Brighton who called. I hope Vicki is still listening and she's heard your story and uh, if not, we'll bring it up again next week as well.
2: Thank you, Hazel.
3: Thanks, Hazel. righty, you're welcome.
2: <laughs> it's nice to get those comments from listeners because sometimes, great. you know, hey, you don't know everything. I try. I know you do. <laughs> you're very trying. But I don't
3: it's... know everything, there's no question.
2: <laughs> it's 9.51 here at AM 740 on the Charlie Daven Garden Show with the, yours truly Frank Proctor will be along to talk to Betty in Port Colborne in just a moment.
1: You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone. The new way to kill weeds.
2: 9.55 and uh, Frank Proctor here having been heavily chastised for (laughs) rushing, rushing the host. I'm very sorry. No. Let's go to our next... we will
3: be fine. I have fastened (laughs) my seatbelt and I'm holding on.
2: (laughs) Betty and Port Colburn, good morning.
8: Good morning, Charlie. <laughs> Good morning, Betty. I want to know about a hydrangea. Mm-hmm. I In the spring, I had white stalks coming out. I cut them all back. Mm-hmm. And now my hydrangea has got so big, it's probably about five feet wide. Mm-hmm. And I have probably 100 flowers on it. Oh, my gosh. Uh, it sounds all,
3: gorgeous. Wow. And they're all, sorry, what?
8: They're all small.
3: Oh, small flowers.
8: flowers. Now, last year, it was a smaller bush <coughs> with huge flowers on it.
3: Oh. Now, yeah. is And it? I
8: don't know what I'm doing.
3: <laughs> okay. Do you have any idea what kind of hydrangea it is, what it's called?
8: No, I don't.
3: Okay. It's and pink. <laughs> it's pink. Oh, yeah. And do you, when was it planted?
8: Oh, probably about six, seven years ago. Okay. And...
3: Uh, in the spring, like you said, there was a lot of what you refer to as white stems, but they were like shriveled up brown, basically, pale, yes, uh, dead they wood. they were dead. Very, yeah, which is very normal. We typically find a fair amount, if not you know 99% of our uh, mop head hydrangeas have a lot of dead stems in the spring. So you did the exact right thing. You went in, you took that all down to the green buds. right. What that, of course, has done with the kind of – two things happened. We had a mild winter, so you probably didn't have as much dieback this winter as you may have had the winter before. So there was more sprouts to grow. Then we've had uh, some very warm spring and a lot of moisture. Mm -hmm. So you're finding you've kind of got double or triple the number of stems as you've seen in the past. I have. That's what I would think is probably happening. Now, why are the flowers small? It might just be by virtue of the number of stems and the number of flowers. Have you fertilized this year at all?
8: No, I haven't. Okay. Well, I, I did with miracle Grow. Oh, you did? Okay, yes. so just um, the once? I've d- I've done it twice. Twice, okay.
3: So, good idea. I was going to say that's that's the one thing that might make a difference in terms of the flower size. would be uh, a little more nutrient. Uh, if we the weather stays cool enough, the flowers will hang on and get bigger and bigger and bigger, as opposed to lots more little flowers. Mm-hmm. That's the trick. Is to Now,
8: when... Um, When I put that mirror acid on that, when do I have to start putting that on the plant for them to turn blue?
3: Okay, so do you actually have mirror acid? Yes, I do. Okay, so that went off the market about 15 years ago, so you've held on to that for a while.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting on the (laughs) couch.
3: Well, so no, what mirror acid is, is a fertilizer with sulfur in it, which will lower the pH. Okay. Now, when do you put that on? Okay, there will be instructions on the mere acid telling you when to apply. Mm-hmm. But honestly, you also need to have in your back pocket a pH test. Because okay. you can't okay. just randomly start adding sulfur and hope for blue flowers. You you need to actually sort of see what's my pH now, what's, what pH do I want, how much sulfur do I add to get to that pH. There is a, an, a mathematical formula to get there. Uh, and it's actually right in the mere acid uh, container. Okay. But do go to your local, even Canadian Tire, Home Depot, any garden center will have a very simple soil test kit for pH.
8: Okay. okay. Now, one, one fast question, Charlie. You know oh, what? You I'm time so my sorry. Life. Yeah. We are, we're out of time. But, Betty, do call us again. Have, can, I, can I move a comatis in the fall? I'll answer that next week. Thanks, Betty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Slid that one in there. Okay. not they sneaky, yeah. eh? ah, you little devil, Betty. No, but we look forward to your call next week, okay? And uh, we've got to wrap up uh, we a little do. A bit of business it, here. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, well, it's been a lovely show. Thank you very, very much, Frank.
2: Diverse calls, all sorts of things. From all over Ontario. Thank and, you, uh, everybody,
3: for listening and asking great questions and great suggestions Yes, when I don't don't know it all, even though I like to consider myself the goddess of the garden. There are a few things I don't know, and I appreciate no, help I, from anybody.
2: I think I think you really are uh, the uh, how's Charlie? Well, I'll do I'll do my uh, uh ring announcer stuff. I used I was in a movie. Uh, the, you were yes, yes, the hurricane as as the ring announcer.
3: Oh, oh yeah, yes, that's right. You you're told right. Me. That's and right. in its corner,
2: weighing none of your business, is Charlie Doppin, the master gardener of martial art gardening, right here. <laughs> see i didn't give away okay. your
3: yay! yay all right all the fans I put are my, cheering yeah, okay <laughs> thank you uh,
2: yeah listen it's going to be a gorgeous weekend folks get out and, and mm. take the advice of charlie get in that garden and get some work done and have some fun doing it and uh just in case she might be tuned in you never know because you can get am 740 anywhere I know it. the queen might be listening and in advance of your trip to Woodbine tomorrow mm-hmm. for the uh, the Place. big race, yes, welcome to Toronto in advance. I'm exactly. a big fan. And
3: of you are a big monarchist, yep. aren't you? Yep. All right, well, we do have some royal purple right here in the yes, studio. Indeed. Thank you so much for bringing in this beautiful climatic And flower. thank you, Charlie. Great Thanks, show. Thanks, Andre.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.